Well, welcome back. This is part two of What's the Point? If you haven't heard part one, just look on the menu. Uh, go ahead and listen to that first. Uh, but in this episode, I tie up the evening. This this conversation that we had took place during the Living Sacrifice Conference. I hope it's been an encouragement to many of you. And I close the evening with this word that's contained here in, in this episode. If you would like to contact us, you can reach us at theremnant at use.startmail.com with any questions, comments, or words of encouragement. As well, uh, remember to follow us on whatever podcast you like to listen on uh, so you can receive all the new and up-and-coming episodes as we release them. And so now enjoy and be encouraged with this message in closing from the evening of the Living Sacrifice Conference. biggest questions I think everyone wrestles with when they come to Christ or at some point is what's your will for me Lord and and this is an area where where many go off course quickly we think in the terms of of human understanding open your Bibles to John chapter 6 verse 37 and I want to share with you this evening what God's will for you is. It's, it's not something He doesn't define for us. It's something we know. It's, it's something we can take assurance in. This is, this is the big umbrella of pursuing God's plan in your life. John chapter 6, verse 37, it says this, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is Jesus speaking. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Verse 40, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. We wrestle with our God. We say, Lord, what's your, what's your will for me? What's your plan for me? And, and we begin to take the things in this world. Well, maybe it's a type of profession. And it's an array of, of things that come to mind to us. And yet the big umbrella that we live under, that we serve under, Jesus Christ, is that we know him that we look upon Jesus Christ, that we are His, and that we will be resurrected on the last day. We see this phrase a lot through the Scriptures, the last day, the great and terrible day of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, this is where this discernment must begin in, in your pursuit of Christ. The Word declares many things to us, that we don't need to question our God on. And, and the beauty of this is, is as, as you pursue this love in Christ, in which you're saved, in which you will be part of the resurrection, your perspective will greatly change in many of the trials you face, in many of the hardships you face. If, if you're brought to the moment of death, because you've been obedient to Christ. Oh, he's there. 
He'll sustain you. He'll give you the strength that's needed. Whether we are fearful or not doesn't change God's grace and mercies when we step out in faith and obedience to Him. Open your Bibles to John 12, please. John 12, verse 48. Actually, I'm going to jump up to verse 46. 12, 46. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me does not receive my words, has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. Verse 49, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. We see throughout the Gospels Christ's submission to the Father. And this passage is very interesting to me because it's the only section in which you see Christ declaring a commandment he received from the Father, eternal life. We know in the Scriptures, Jesus declares, he says, those who love me will keep my commandments. This word commandment, Oftentimes, we immediately think of the Ten Commandments. This word commandment is this. It's a prescribed rule in accordance with which a thing is done. The commandments of God, they're holy. They're perfect. They're righteous. The commandments of Christ, they're words of love to His people. They're they're not these burdens in which we must, oh man, I got to love God. I got to love my neighbor. I got to love the body of Christ. Even more so, as we consider the commandments, there's one I want to focus in on. Let's go to Matthew 26. There's much Christ commands his people. These are not burdens. These are joys in which we can receive and grow and mature in our love of Christ that we know Christ, that we are saved in Him, and that we be prepared for the resurrection. I want to come to the point in the Gospels, in Matthew 26, verse 36. It says this, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and He said to to His disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with Him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which is James and John, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Jesus instructs the disciples to remain and to watch. This, this word watch is, is, is used in Scripture as one of alertness, one of, of being awake, being cautious. Let me read this to you. This is the Greek use of the word. It means to watch, to give strict attention to, be cautious and active. 
to take heed lest through remission or indolence some destructive calamity suddenly overtake you. That word remission is is that of refraining from, of, of not doing. Indolence it's, it literally means a, a habitual laziness. And so when Jesus is sitting in Gethsemane, this is the command he gives his disciples to watch. Verse, 20, verse 39, And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40, And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you could not keep watch with me one hour. Verse 41, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The disciples are unable to keep watch. They have fallen asleep. And it's interesting during this time, because we know the future. We we know Christ is on his way to go and die on the cross. Jesus, Jesus had been with his disciples at the Last Supper, and we get this beautiful picture in the Gospels of, of Jesus preparing his disciples for when he's gone. And there's much we learn. We see the promise of the Holy Spirit. We see Peter professing that he will die for Jesus. And in this moment, the simple command to keep watch to be alert, to stay awake. Why? Because a great calamity is about to come. Do you you realize in Scripture this event of Christ dying on the cross? Listen to this in Galatians 4, 4. It's described as this. It says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born a woman, born under the law to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. This moment is described as the fullness of time has come. We see the same phrasing in Ephesians 1, 9, and 10, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him things in heaven, and things on earth. The moment of Christ's death on the cross is the fullness of time. And we see this moment with the disciples in in the garden. And Jesus instructs them to keep watch. And when they're unable to keep watch, he says, keep watch and pray. that you may not enter into temptation. This word temptation has many uses throughout Scripture. In this particular case, this this temptation is is not one of sin, but one of bodily uh, frailty. The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Pray that you do not enter in temptation. This temptation is their, their flesh. They're tired. They're sorrowful other accounts speak of. They're emotionally drained. Jesus is leaving. This is not going the way we thought it would. We, we, we've experienced these things numerous times in life. 
We have ideas of how things maybe will go and, and, and calamity comes upon us and it hurts. This wording is, this temptation is, I actually wrote it out. I'll share it with you. The trial made of you by bodily condition. Verse 42, again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass, unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for a third time, saying the same words again. And he came to his disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See the hours at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. The fullness of time has come. We know the events that unfold. Jesus is mocked, spit on, beat, scourged. Crown of thorns is crushed upon his head. This is hardly the beginning of the fullness of suffering he was going to endure. Isaiah speaks of him as of being unrecognizable, completely unrecognizable as a man. And I think of the disciples in this moment, in the garden, their best friend, wanting them to keep watch. They can't. In our pursuit of Christ, this is the reality of our flesh. And as they're sitting in this garden, there's no chance. There's no chance they could have stayed awake. And we see God's grace, Christ's mercies in which he's instructing them. And, and I have no doubt these words were in their hearts deeply after this event. Peter, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. But there's another time in which you don't see this weakness. In the book of Acts, you see Peter preaching the word. The day of Pentecost has come. What is that? The Holy Spirit, the one Christ promised them. In, in the garden, there was no spirit, Holy Spirit, to sustain them. As you begin to pursue the things Christ has for you. It is not on your own authority and ability. That's foolishness. It's foolishness. There's, there's no strength of Joe that creates what God has opened up. There's no strength I have to sustain Joe. Though we encourage one another, this is the Spirit at work that fulfills and brings forth the purpose of God. When I see the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, it breaks my heart. I love Jesus, and no part of me would want him alone when he was alone. And one of the things the Lord has taught me through my pursuit of him is the foundation of this command, watch and pray. Brothers and sisters, the church has lost the heart of prayer. And what hurts knowing that was my heart before. Oh, I prayed. I, I, I prayed when 
I needed God. Oh, we have a ransom going on. I care about my flesh. I want to live a little longer. Lord, help. Lord, fix. Lord, change. Do this. Do that. Even in my early years of ministry, I'm embarrassed by my heart of prayer. It was, it was crisis-driven. It was not in a heart of love for my God. One of the gifts God has given me was September 2nd. Because when Joe was taken, we were separated. I had spent the time in the back of that SUV. Through this whole ordeal, there was no pressing doom or dread in my heart. I wasn't convinced I was going to live, but I, I didn't really feel like I was going to be killed. I thought they were going to let me go. But God wasn't done with me yet. They brought me out of the back of the SUV, fully expected to be untied and released. They interrogated me further. Joe was gone, at least from what I could see. I saw a guy get into that wonderful, beautiful minivan, and they drove it off. And they began to lead me to a back of a pickup truck. And I knew they weren't letting me go. The back of this pickup truck, there was an empty suitcase. These suitcases are used to put body parts in. It's very common in which they kill somebody, dismember them, put them in the suitcase. They dispose of the suitcase, and these, these get recovered pretty frequently throughout cities and rural areas and, and different things like that. And there was a suitcase in the back of this vehicle, or in the back of this, the bed of this pickup truck. And I'm bound, I'm face down, and next to the suitcase, they, they, uh, they throw out this command in Spanish, it's cortalo, right? Well, you need context to understand what it means. It can mean three different things. It can mean, uh, cut it, like, let's get out of here. It can mean cut him, or it can mean, like, cut it as, like, an, an object. They had covered me in plastic. My understanding was I heard the command cut him and the vehicle. We began our, our trip. The guy that was guarding me was the same guy all night. I recognized his voice. I could tell there was some other men in the back of the truck. The guy guarding me, I asked him, I said, well, where are we going? And he told me, well, I'm taking you to the bridge. This is along the border with the river. I was... I was actually happy to hear that because one of my fears over the years is if we ever disappear doing what we do, we, we have many friends who have disappeared or, or know many different pastors and stuff who have disappeared are still waiting for him to return. It's been years. They don't know. And so I was thankful that, well, at least they'll recover my body and my family can move on. We're driving through the city, but what opened up and what God needed to show me during this time, what the heart of prayer is. And, and it was unbelievable. I, this may sound weird and peculiar, but I wish to be back there. Because God began to reveal his goodness to me. And as I began to lift different things up in prayer, it, it wasn't, Lord, spare me, Lord, save me. I began praying for the brothers and sisters in Christ. I began praying for God's work to continue and move forward. 
began praying for the men taking me. And, and in each of these things, it was just this exchange. God took it and revealed more of his goodness. And he poured out in a way I have never, ever seen. Keep watch and pray. When I hear these commands with the disciples in the garden, in the fullness of time that was to be done, it's really exciting to me, this command, because this command is given for us now that speaks of another day. Go to Mark 13, Mark chapter 13, verse 32. I won't go through all the references throughout the gospel regarding this command to keep watch. But every single use of this command, keep watch, is only used in two different occasions throughout the New Testament. It's used for the disciples at the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's used for us waiting for the day and the return of Jesus Christ. And when you consider the significance of this, this is huge. The day of judgment that is coming is an enormous day. It's an enormous day. For those who are in Christ, it's a day of our redemption. That goodness that God revealed to me in the back of that pickup, oh, I just saw a fraction of it. I just saw a little speck of it. His full goodness? Oh, we're going to see this, brothers and sisters. But there's another side. Those who don't know Christ, well, their resurrection is a very different one. It's a very different one. It's one of a weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's one that will eventually bring them to the lake of fire. Mark 13, verse 32, But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. We can translate that as to keep watch. Therefore, stay awake. Therefore, keep watch. For you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you sleep. What I say to you, I say to all, stay awake, keep watch. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is the reality, but thanks be to God. He has equipped his people. He has sent his Holy Spirit. This is an incredible gift for us. As you pursue the Lord in your life, this command of keep watch is so desperately important for us. I even take it a step further and I, I combine the two. Keep watch and pray. Why? Because the flesh is weak. Keep watch and pray. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Prayer has to get revived in our lives. It has to. Oh, you can want to do great things for God. Apart from prayer, you won't know God's voice. How can you hear God's voice when you don't talk to Him? How can you hear God's voice when you don't go into the inner chamber 
There's a reward. God speaks of, I reward those who seek this. One of the hearts we have for the time here, it's so very short, this evening, tomorrow. We want to come together with you in prayer. We want to come together with you in keeping watch and praying. God, God is accomplishing His plan. And His plan includes us. And the reality is, is you can go to sleep. You can sleep. But I don't know anyone who loves the Lord and which would say that. Heavenly Father, we, oh Lord, we know we're weak. And, and yet in this, this, this weakness, Lord, there's, there, there's a beauty in it because it just brings us to complete submission of your Spirit, Father. And in this complete submission to the Spirit, you are glorified, not us. You are exalted, Lord. It is, it is not the work of man which brings forth any good fruit, Lord, but rather your work, Lord, your Spirit moving in us, Father. And so over this weekend in time, Father, we do pray you break down walls, Lord. Break down walls, Father. Wake up. Wake us up, Lord. Those of us that have been asleep in these areas, we don't need to hide it. We need to come to you, Lord. So Holy Spirit, move this evening. Move in our hearts, Lord. Perfect us into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ, Father. Guide us, give us clarity in our day-to-day -day life, Father. May we not squander the time on pleasures for ourselves, Lord. But may we have joy in you completely. We open this time to you, Father. Do a work, refine us. We pray in Jesus' name.